Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the AEW Rampage preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Rampage. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review AEW Rampage, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, NXT 2.0, pay per views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with the your quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick, author of the brilliant new book, Becoming All Elite, which is available to pre-order right now, whatculture.bigcartel.com. And quick plug, we did an entire podcast talking all about that yesterday, which is available right now wherever you get your podcasts from. But anyway, Sidge, we are here to look ahead to Rampage, and you know what that means. <clears throat> Rampage day and the card's looking perky. The perfect watch is you're still full of turkey. Baker and Rio, a Black Friday deal. Watch it, like Bulldog's automobile. Best Radiohead album? Okay, computer. Plus we get Coldfish, Orange and Utah. When Eddie's finished, Garcia's gonna hobble. So let's look ahead while the turkeys say... <laughs> you dick, Eddie, got there at the end. You got there at the end. <laughs> did, I, I did a half pop. Half pop. For what was the what was the thing? Uh, oh, Bulldog's automobile. Yeah, half pop, and then I got a big pop at the end. Um, yeah, I'm up for the show. I'm probably <laughs> going. It always feels so weird to transition into that for a show that we actually do look forward to. I know. Keep the games for NXT 2.0. Um, I'm uh, heads up. I'm probably going to lose my voice halfway through this podcast. Just felt like uh, rubbish all week. I've you know I've done my test. I've passed a, mm-hmm. uh, passed negative, but yeah. So I might lose my voice. So you might have to carry it with the analysis, Wilborn. <laughs> Good luck, everyone. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm up for this. I'm. There's two matches that I'm particularly interested in. One performer I've been begging to watch on television in a featured capacity for the entire year, yeah. at least since Double or Nothing. Um, and I've heard a non-spoiler report that the show is excellent um, from a loyal follower. So I forget their name, so mm. I apologize. But um, always nice to know that it's worth paying attention to because I got nothing like that last week. <laughs> yeah, I think sometimes you look at these cards and you go, there's one big headline match and then there's just 
a bit of filler or maybe just like a squash or something on there. I look at this and I think all three matches are going to be great and sort of in my head, I know this is not how it works, but just give them all 20 minutes basically on, on Rampage. Uh, Coldfish, Castillo you is going to be great. We'll talk in due course about what on earth Eddie Kingston's going to do to Daniel Garcia after he said what he said and did what he did. But let's start, I assume, with your allusions there, with the person you're really looking forward to appearing back on AWTV. That being Riho, she faces Britt Baker in this Black Friday deal match. If Riho wins, she gets herself a title shot. I can't wait for this because I've missed Riho immensely. I think she's absolutely tremendous. I think even from a strategic point of view, she was popping quarter hours, like big um, in the early phase of Dynamite on what on which she was featured. Did that surprise you? No, she's enchanted Arena since day mm. one. I think she's a really marketable performer. Like, I'm a cynical bastard of a human being, right? Like, I don't like kitsch stuff. I don't like twee stuff. Mm-hmm. I've got a very dark sense of humor. <laughs> I'm a bit of a ghoul when it comes to my pro wrestling violence. And yet, Riho and Yuka Sakazaki, mm. when I first clasped eyes on both of those performers at uh, Double or Nothing 2019, I was just enchanted. Mm. Like they had such a great act, the pair of them. Um, like this really charming, endearing element to their work. And yet, when they go up the gears, like they're both great workers. Like they're very charming. They come out like, but a different kind of charm. Where Yuka Sakazaki does the full kawaii, like super cutesy thing, where Riho is more like a really timid, naive, like just looks like she should not be doing being a professional. She looks like wrestler. Gusta going to blow her over. Absolutely. So she's got sort of like timid, like oh, I'm happy to be here, but I'm a little bit um, apprehensive about what I'm going to do. But I did cave Nyla Rose's Eddie. Yeah, it was awesome. But that she knows what she's doing, yeah. what a worker. So like my favorite thing about Rio's act is that like start of a match, she'll put out behind those forearms and it looks like she's incapable of putting anything behind those forearms. Then she gets swatted away by like a Nyla Rose because that um, feud was quite... Famous at the mm. early phase of Dynamite. I put it over big time in my books. I love it. And then when she gets battered, she summons the fire from the crowd who just fall for her. So I honestly think, like, I know that she had a bad reaction to the vaccine. Not that you shouldn't get them, just mm, to make that perfectly indeed. clear. Um, but she had a bad reaction. So that explains her absence. But, you know, she's been working, like, dark and elevation for a while. I put her on friggin' telly, like... From a strategic point of view, she was doing numbers. She always gets a reaction. People go mad for that awesome theme tune. She's a great worker, totally um, unique. And it's kind of a disgrace that they haven't positioned her in like just a grudge rivalry mm. beneath the title picture. And it's more of an indication that does AEW care that much about presenting women's wrestling. So I'm ecstatic to see her return. I expect the match to be very, very good yeah. indeed. And I haven't read a single spoiler, so I might just be naive um, with this. But I think it's time for Britt Baker to take a loss. Mm-hmm. I'm not suggesting that Riho then eventually takes a title offer. Um, but I think if you look at the way they do these championship runs, all of them are very lengthy. And at a certain point, a champion takes a fall because you don't want to suffer from the Roman Reigns effect of, oh, there's no point in investing in this. There's yeah. absolutely no point in <clears> investing <throat> in this very long title reign if it's all too obvious that um, someone's going to get beat. So if you look historically, Jericho took a pin off Scorpio Sky um, amidst an otherwise like, really lengthy protected reign. Um, Kenny Omega took one to Christian Cage. 
and the Young Bucks took one to yeah. Eddie Kingston and Penta, if you remember, earlier this year. It always resonates as a shock because they've done such a good job of establishing the champion. And if you look back, May was when Baker won that title. It is now deep in November. I truly think it's time to have one pinfall absorbed leading to a title match because otherwise we're all just kind of waiting for them to get the Thunder Rosa at this yeah, point. Exactly. They need to add a wrinkle to it. I think Riho's the perfect wrestler to benefit from that. And it just works far better for me in this scenario. And I know, it, I think it's a bit of a lazy take from, well, what do you call them? Bad faith actors. Yes. Uh, if they say, oh, oh, you slag off WWE for doing a match to set up a match. But... For you've me, to, you've, got to, you've got to do the things they do at some point. Yeah, because they're wrestling things. And it's like been say, happening since the dawn of wrestling time. The fact that Baker's gone with you know, Tay Conti and, and previous challenges that she's had, she's not really faced them in one-on-one action prior to that. It's been a, not off the top of my head. Can I remember a recent example of that? For example, uh, so her suddenly losing in this match to set up a Riho title match works quite nicely. Like you say, of like, oh bollocks, if that happens again. This thing that I, you know, is so precious to me, I gave thanks for on Thanksgiving, is gone. And that she really can sell that. And the fact that her posse's in a bit of disarray with obviously all the stuff going on with Jamie Hayter as well. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Jamie Hayter tonight could conceivably get her own back, if you like, which could excuse the fact that it's not really a clean pinfall loss. So I like that element to it as well. In fact, it would be quite deft. If that is the case, well, it could just be. It could, if you want to do it without too shenanigany, Hater takes out Rebel and doesn't really care, and then Britt Baker's like, "What's going on?" And then Rio can, yeah, rather than her clobbering Baker. Yeah, for I mean, there's loads of things he can do. Uh, one last thing before we move on as well is like, Rio's a really great opponent if they are adamant that Britt Baker must in fact be a heel. Um, if the end, if at the end of all this, Doctor Britt Baker screws Rio. In the second match and just cheats against her, you might actually swing the booze back into a favorite. No one's ever not going to do the DMD thing live in the arena, but in terms of the actual context of the match, like it can only help Thunder Rosa when she eventually beats Baker for the title. It can only help if people are more prepared to boo Britt Baker. A 50-50 reaction in that match, I know I'm going on a tangent here, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, but you absolutely want to do everything possible to avoid Britt Baker being so over and such a baby face that Thunder Rosa kind of toils in her shadow. So yeah. I think this is quite an intelligent bit of booking. And a bit like they did on Dynamite, you could do something similar. I don't know why this has popped into my head. Something similar to when The Rock came back and he was a heel and everyone was like, do the finally. And he'd do it, but he'd sort of turn it, you know, uh, you know, to slag off the local town or whatever. She can put the finger up about to do the DMD and then just not do it. And the no, give it to us, would automatically instigate some booze. Um, we'll talk about Eddie Kingston and Daniel Garcia in a few minutes. But Cole and Fish take on Orange Cassidy and Wheeler Utah tonight. Hamlet pointed out a nice point to me that I think he saw on maybe Squared Circle, along with along with your post uh, on the front page of Squared Circle recently. Uh, about I'm honoured. Cole saying to Utah, what kind of name, or maybe it was Fish, to be fair. What kind of name's Utah as well? And he said, told me that Utah translate into best friends, effectively, which is a nice bit of, uh, you know, detail that they've added there. Um, but this is a straight, not straightforward, but a victory nonetheless for, for Cole and Fish, do you reckon? Yes, absolutely. It's a means of making Adam Cole look more like a star than he has in the past three or four weeks. He's Teflon to 
I wouldn't say he's been poorly booked, but he's clearly in the background ahead of something major. And I think it helps sometimes to exercise patience, but by the same measure, like sometimes only okay mid-card stuff doesn't really feel like a placeholder. It just feels like only okay mid-card stuff. You can do something interesting, just not at the top of the card. I don't think this necessarily qualifies as that. I don't. Th- this is the match I'm least looking forward to, if I'm honest, and I didn't think I'd be saying that about an Adam Cole match mm. in August, in November. So that's honestly a bit of an indictment of... Maybe it's my patience, and he'll have the page match at Revolution, and it'll all be awesome, but, you know, week to week... You get the WWE brain and it just affects you. I'm only really looking forward to it on the basis that Orange Cassidy might try and do the boom thing. Or, like, he might try and do the thing where, you know, when Adam Cole does the thing with his arms before he points him in the sky. Like, Cassidy riffing on that and then getting bicycle pump kicked in the face. That should be good. Or, like, or, or I don't know why this visual's popped into my head as well. Mid-match Adam Cole doing the Adam Cole baby and getting a weirdly loud pop and thinking, that's a bit strange. And he turns around, it's because Orange Cassidy's got his hands in the air, about to put his hands in his pockets, yeah. basically. I mean, that's the thing. It would be a wild pop regardless. Yeah. Like Adam Cole could shag your ma. <laughs> and I would still go, Adam Cole, baby! <coughs> Which is why, A, he's a megastar baby face and waiting. And B, I think that accounts for why people are being a little bit frustrated. Like, I don't think this is going to be a banger, but I think it'll be adequate fun. Cole uh, pins an adequate amount of fun. Cole pins Utah. Yes, and that's so obvious that <laughs> it just doesn't make this all the more. It doesn't feel like a premium attraction. Mm. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favourite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. 
I want to talk a little bit about something we we discussed on the the Dynamite review, uh, actually, because we're around Thanksgiving and we give thanks for the fact that AEW's in existence. And if you want to read about how it came into existence, Becoming All Elite is the brilliant new book from Michael Sidgwick all about the rise of AEW. And it's available to pre-order now, whatculture.bigcartel.com. You can even get it signed by the man himself. Uh, But you made a point about a big problem that AEW needs to fix, actually related uh, to the the way they set up this cassidy Uta fish cole feud, uh, or match, I should say, and that and it's becoming a niggling issue for you with AEW, isn't it? It is, yes, and I don't want to go over all ground, because I did uh, cover this on the Dynamite Review, which of course, if you've somehow missed, you can get oh. wherever you get your podcasts from. The constant interruptions of backstage interviews just make the idea of an interview on a broadcast itself a farce, which in turn makes the idea of a broadcast just feel more like a show that is written and formatted and produced rather than a live event that you are pretending to capture. It's a key distinction. Um, So I don't want to go over the idea of why I hate it, because I did that, I'll instead focus on what they can instead do to avoid mm. everything adding up to make it feel less like this immersive world that you can suspend your disbelief and just watch. Two immediate things, this is just off the top of my head. Um, save certain things for a week. There's a million backstage beatdowns, there's a million interruptions and stuff. How about, like, instead of a backstage attack... The person doing the attacking just cuts a promo, threatening the person, and that promo doesn't get interrupted. Um, So that is something I'm all in favor of. The New Japan Pro Wrestling approach is great. Mm -hmm. They um, hold mock press conferences (coughs) after the end of each match where the wrestlers can give their comments. So it feels more like a sporting vibe, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, it's still wrestling. You still need to, like, promote your matches using words. So they do uh, two birds with one stone. They get the promos. And they also maintain the idea that this is a sporting event that just happens to be captured by um, cameras. So those, those are two ways you can do it. And the other, the main thing is treat matches less like conflicts and angles, but just simply fixtures. This is meant to be the sports-oriented league where wins and losses matter. It's not meant to be this wacky kind of universe of WWE where it like it almost acknowledges itself as a show, like, welcome to Monday Night Raw. Like This is the opposite of that. But the more you do angles and angles and angles for the sake of it, like, just present things as fixtures. Because ultimately, do we need a storyline per se between... Am I built to something, right? There's been several examples in the past where you get a backstage interrupted angle. Oh, I hate you suddenly for doing this. <laughs> then they have a match, and then it's kind of all forgotten about. Why not just present it as a fixture? If all of this exists to reheat Adam Cole, just simply say, mm. oh, there's going to be a match between Adam Cole and Bobby Fish because the fancy going up the tag ranks, um, and they're going to have a match with Cassidy and Muta. Did anyone listening to this podcast like respond below the Twitter post here? Did anyone listening to this podcast think after that backstage interaction mm. between Cole and Fish <laughs> and the best friends, I can't wait for this match Clear now. Clear my schedule. Clear my schedule. These guys really hate each other and I need to see that animosity in the ring. Did it do anything rem- other than, oh, that match sounds good. Which would have done if you just said it. Exactly, which a match graphic yeah. would do the same job as. 
other than, oh, that match sounds like interesting enough. I'd like to see Cole and Casty interact. Did anyone think, oh, these guys hate each other. I can't wait to see them settle it in the ring. Like, no. It, it, to bring it back to the sort of sports-related thing, like you say, if you just had a Cole promo, instead of it being interrupted, instead of him having this weird thing where he's complaining about the situation that they're in and Cutler's filming him and then they interrupt it and that's the way they get around the invisible camera thing. If he'd have just said... Or, you know, you'd had Tony Schiavone saying, which would have been incredibly brilliant and quite awkward yeah. as well. And he's like, don't forget later on I'm here with Britt Baker for the Thanksgiving thing. Yeah. But first I'm here with Adam Cole. And he's just fuming yeah. already about that. And he's like, I'm so pissed off with the the, the, the state that we're in right now. And it's a, it's a bad time to be Orange Cassidy and Wheeler U. I don't have necessarily, he doesn't have to necessarily say he's got anything against them. He can yeah. say that Orange Cassidy's a bit You could link it. You can yeah. link it. You can easily link it. Say think, about, think about like in football, for example, when someone takes a, a big loss in the Champions League or whatever, and you go, bloody hell, I wouldn't want to be Norwich this week because they've got City and they've just got spanked by Barcelona or whatever yeah. it may be. That's the equivalent, effectively. Indeed. Well, you could link the two. Just find a thematic link and not just do an angle for the sake of it. So in that, context, in that scenario you just laid out, what if Adam Cole is exasperated at the fact that him and his boys, who are meant to be the super click running the show, They've just been done in by a dinosaur, right? <laughs> and what if, because it's just a fixture, because they're doing their job all in the course of potentially pursuing a tag team title, Adam Cole can say, I just got beat for goddamn dinosaur, and now I've been told I've got a slacker mm. who doesn't take it seriously next. It's a com- comedy world. Or just anything like that that doesn't involve some really contrived angle. It's like, I've got dinosaurs, I've got slackers, I'm going to be fighting an astronaut next. What's next? I'm going to put an end to this now. The super click are going to get back. Just something like yeah, that. exactly. Uh, one thing they have uh, changed, which I quite like, uh, is the way that they now announce matches for Dynamite on Rampage, which, again, makes it more sort of uh, important viewing. What matches do you think they announce for, for next week off the back of, of, of this week's Dynamite? I do miss the full rundown yeah. on Wednesday, but it's part and parcel of having Rampage in existence, which, you know, gives the company more money, gives you more content. It's just what it is now. I do miss, like, this match. And then this match. It's like, for two years, everyone was like Vince McMahon in the chair. You know that meme? <laughs> where he's, like, just coming out of his cat. <laughs> and he just comes more and more because it's like, ah, oh, you get this match on Dynamite. Oh, I'm interested. Yeah, and, and this one. Oh, we're talking now. And this one. Come, cack. <laughs> So I missed that. But it's a decent strategic bid yeah. to put it on air. I have to point it out in the Dynamite Review that it no one's really going to tune in to a TV show, right, to say what's going to be on the next TV show. Yeah. As much as, like, the real hardcores of AEW, of which I count myself, love that rundown. It's not like, it's not like a big match rating draw. It's just a really fun little bonus. But doing so, as Hamlet really astutely pointed out, doesn't take the shine off Rampage. Like, ah, oh, yeah, it's good, but it's not as good as Dynamite next week. So I do like that. But on the actual card itself, I've got a very cynical match to book that we can expect on Dynamite next week as announced on Rampage tonight. Next week's Dynamite, I believe, emanates from Atlanta, Georgia. Indeed. There is a rich, wonderful territory history in Atlanta, Georgia, right? that Cody is enamored with. Cody loves Atlanta, from Atlanta, lives, I believe, in Atlanta. If he isn't on a match on this card, and he probably shouldn't have taken a goddamn DDT on Exposed Concrete, 
get SummerSlam 2010 vibes from that. I mean, at least it's a week and not like a minute and a half, John Cena, you prick. Cody's going to be on the show, right? They like to do region-specific stuff to like um, just, you know, motivate and please their independent contractors. So like the hometown wins or like the hometown matches. Mm. Uh, FTR aren't from Atlanta. From the, they're from the Carolinas, but they are total like Atlanta territory nerds as well. So I think for all those reasons and stemming from the existing storyline, we're going to see FTR versus Cody and Pac. There'll be more breakdowns between Cody and Pac who've really only been together because they have this whole enemy of my enemy is my friend bollocks. Mm-hmm. And I think FTR beat Cody and Pac. Cody and Pac have a scrap in the aftermath. Pac is cheered at the expense of Cody in his hometown, effectively. And you get Pac versus Cody. Yes. It's the ultimate direction stemming from all this. And at this point, I'd really want Pac to go over, like, big time. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Uh, and I think that's the right direction to go in, because like you said, they'll have all these multiple amounts uh, accounts of miscommunication and what have you. I think that's right as we sort of head towards that direction. I think FTR are the perfect team to to make the most of any uh, issues between two members of a tag team. So I really like that. And I assume... Uh, Brian, Brian Danielson Brian versus Anna J. <laughs> Brian Danielson. I was about to say Farouk versus whoever's from Atlanta. I know... Yeah, Anna Jay's one of them. I can't remember. I know... Uh, Alan Angels. I was going to say Alan Angels is from Georgia. Uh, yeah, Georgia because he was first brought in because... Um, when they had to relocate and do like six weeks of tapings or whatever it was in the can early in the pandemic. Yes, that's it. Like um, Alan Angels was just like a young lad from Georgia who they just said, oh, well, if you're here, we can't fly in anybody else. So will you work Kenny Omega for six minutes? And then it ruined Kenny Omega and we've you know, not seen him since, you know? Um, like the thing is, it's like, if that had happened on Dynamite in a normal world and Kenny Omega had done that in six minutes, it still wouldn't have been the end of the world. If they'd done that in January and they t- held the taping in Atlanta, and like, oh, Kenny Omega's in action, and he has six minutes, like, that still wouldn't have killed him <laughs> at all. And yet they were operating with a 29% crew yeah. in Atlanta. So they, it was like, needs must. We need to fill TV time effectively. What else are you going to do? I never looked back during his title reign and went... Yeah, but what about that Animal Angels thing that's never been covered again? Which they did cover again, actually. Yeah. And it'll add <clears> to the cruelty. Like, I love how they've established that. You know, we're by the babyface promotion. We're going to try and be the babyface promotion. So we're going to have hometown victories and all the rest of it. I love how this Danielson thing subverts that entirely. And he's just killing people in their hometown. It's great, great, great storytelling. No matter the result, these people are obviously overjoyed to wrestle in front of their own people. And so it kind of works for both things. But those are the two matches I expect to see. And I'm not as good as a booker as Tony Khan, so I'll limit it to that. Yeah, I've got to agree with you. Also love how the coolest promotion in wrestling right now has a match. One of the two matches is Alan versus Brian. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it just, I'm not, it's just surreal to think that. I don't know why. But yeah, I think those two would be great matches. And I do hope they announce both of them tonight. I have till 5-5. Five, five. <laughs> Say that, yeah. and then just face palm him, and then kick his head in. Uh, right, finally, oh, not a good day to be Daniel Garcia. This it's bad enough that you threw hot coffee in his face, but dropping Moxley's name and being flanked by those two dads, who I love, but I know can needle quite a few people at two point oh. Yeah, little prick. 
Sad Eddie Kingston. Uh, he's uh, yeah, he's going to take it all out on Garcia tonight, isn't he? Yes, I'm incredibly interested in this match, not just because I anticipate the quality being like really high. Uh, Kingston's just been incredible in the ring this year. Garcia's like one of the best prospects. They have um, a complementary. Um, they have complementary styles and that Daniel Garcia stuff looks like it really hurts. Eddie Kingston can sell like very few can. This should be a great match. I'm really interested, however, in just how much of a star Eddie Kingston appears in it because he's not just wrestling like a CM Punk or a Miro or the Young Bucks where he's really sort of felt as big a star oh, as yeah. they have in those matches, which yeah. is incredible when you're considering the level of talent, particularly the Punk match. It felt like he was as big a star as Punk in that moment. He was as popular, if not more than mm. Punk. So that was a great test. This is an even bigger one. Can he really appear like the guy who's very much the star in this match, who's very much potentially a world champion caliber um, act in the next year, and can he really raise the roof against someone who's essentially, in AEW canon, an up-and-comer? Mm-hmm. Like he's a prodigy, but in, and he, he's that as well. But I just, I just want to see if this feels like um, just a really, really major top-line star given mm. like an up-and-comer a rub rather than to up a, a mid-card guy and an undercard guy having a great match. There's a difference, and it's all on the feeling, and I, I really hope to feel it. Nice spot for you, I've thought of. Uh, because And it's, it sort of works for both people. Daniel Garcia, because he knows he's sort of in Eddie Kingston's head and that he's mentioned his best mate, who's obviously in a, in a tough place right now, and our thoughts are still with Mox and his friends and family, of course. Eddie Kingston goes for the paradigm shift and Garcia reverses it because he knows that he was going to do that because he was knew he was going to yeah. try and do something to dedicate it. Oh, Wilborn. As good as anything I've come up with on these fantasy book and nerd moments. But yeah, I, I love that. I, I, I hope we see something along those lines. A quick question before we wrap up. Uh, main event, which one is it for you? Out of Baker and Rio and Kingston and Garcia, I assume. I mean, I love Eddie Kingston as much as the next guy, but if you look on a pure quarter hour basis and if you look yeah. at what happened the last time Baker was on Dynamite, she... Got the best quarter hour. She it's was, the, she was the first to get the last quarter hour being the best. So Baker's a star, put her on last. difficult as well because with Rampage, it's like they put, sometimes they put the most important stuff first because it's not the same as a Dynamite where you save the best till last. But the most impressive recent rating was the Baker Abaddon yeah. main event. So there you go. Why abandon that formula? Fair point. Right, let us know your thoughts ahead of AEW Rampage tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, well, actually, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. And you can order his brilliant new book all about AEW, WhatCulture.BigCartel.com. And go and check out our podcast. It's really interesting. We recorded it yesterday with <coughs> myself, Sidge, and Cleary. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. We'll be back on Monday to review AW Rampage. Available right now is our preview of SmackDown and we'll be back later on today with a very special episode of Wrestle Culture as well. But for now, this has been the AW Rampage preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us and we will see you soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.